0: So you're a Colts fan, correct? I am. Okay. Did yeah. you watch the draft? The first round of the draft last night?
1: I watched it until the Colts pick was done. Actually, right. I was at an event. I got I was listening on the on the radio like, oh my god, they've already done the first pick. But by the time I got home, they were only on the second and you know, so I didn't miss anything right. and yeah, you know, anticipating what the Colts were going to do. So that was kind of fun, but then I did not stay up. I watched it for a little bit longer just yeah. to see the first the top 10, I think, but
0: yeah, I think I maybe stayed to do first round.
1: I mean, we took the last quarterback. I mean, we took we were the last in the top ten. Yes. No one selected a quarterback after us, so the one sitting out there, Willis or whatever his name is, wondering right. when he gets to go, and yeah. he didn't get picked in last yeah, night. It it was like, Will Levis. Did. He didn't that. go first round at
0: all. Huh? No, wow.
1: I mean, I caught the very end of it too. <laughs> so I went upstairs to work in the office and catch up on all my emails, and then when I came downstairs again, getting ready for bed, turned the TV on, and right. they're on, you know. Second to the last, or third to the last, well, a little bit more than that because then they did Philadelphia, and then they did Kansas City, and of course everybody's going crazy and right, whatever, yeah. But um, there's some really good defensive players that for sure
0: we could use as well. Yeah, let me ask you this: Were you surprised by the Colts pick?
1: By the person or the, the position? Um, you know, they've been talking right. about that, haven't they? I mean, yeah. so you know, I'm not in that deep. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't sure. tell, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between Shroud and and Richardson, yeah. and who would be better. And, and, you know, who knows? I mean, well, right. NFL is very different than college, and we learned that when we picked Peyton Manning over, sure. um, what was it, Leaf? Yeah. yeah, Ryan Leaf, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Leaf, and we won. I mean, he, everybody said, why didn't you pick Ryan Leaf? And sure. We had a much better
0: I think future. that's, I mean, I, I, like yourself, I have too many other things going on to really dive into that. I, I did see some of the um, results of the combine with mm-hmm. – Anthony Mm -hmm. and I mean he's a ridiculous athlete Mm -hmm. and it really at the end of the day it all comes down to time will tell right I mean he's a freak athlete we will just have to wait and see he hasn't played enough football which is crazy to think of
1: I know actually I was listening to a kind of a sports talking heads on the way here and saying the same thing you know great athlete strong strong arm Mm -hmm. but when he gets into a pinch sometimes there's a gets a little a little less effective in his yeah. in his throwing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, but that's that's a place to improve. And if you've got the raw sure. the raw athlete there, I right. mean, you know, you can learn anything, but I think the NFL is a little bit different than college, but we'll see. Well, well, when was is the is last
2: t- time you started okay. interrupt. You, when was the last time you could say about a Colts quarterback that if no one's open, run?
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and be, you know, that the last handful of quarterbacks we've had are not really even going all the way back. I mean, Andrew uh, Manning would run. I mean,
0: Peyton wasn't a runner. He's pretty slow. Uh, no offense, Peyton, but right. I'm sure he's watching. I can still take him in a
2: 40, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, but but- it's, it comes in the processing. Mm-hmm. This is the speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a, mm-hmm. a mutual acquaintance who's an NFL referee, and we asked him one time, way back, and said, okay, you did major Division One, NCAA games and bowl right. games. Right. Now you're doing NFL. Right. What's the big difference? He's like, the guys aren't necessarily bigger, but I faster. Mm-hmm. And in a spot where he's at, he's amongst the linebackers, and he's like, half of my job is just make sure I'm out of the way and don't get clobbered. Right. But when these linebackers are really just as fast as a running back, that's scary. Yeah. And so yeah. can Anthony catch up with the speed and be able to make those quick decisions? Yeah. That's that's the question.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's now up to the coaches right help him get through that and hopefully prepare him well but yeah it, there's a difference between college and as you watch college but when you think about it the only the best college players get to the NFL so yeah it's uh, it's a it's a different set of competition i think it's the 1% of the 1% yeah yeah exactly so so I, what do we think
2: there's one certainty that i take away from watching the NFL draft it's it's very similar to college basketball and NBA where when the NBA drafts kids that are a one and done or maybe even just two years of college and and you think, wow, are they ready for the NBA? Right. And and everyone says, well, the NBA drafts based on potential. The NFL may draft based on potential. And there's one certainty I take away from all of that, and that is that I am not a scout. And <laughs> I'm not qualified to be a scout because <laughs> so, I have no idea how to see the yeah, potential of a professional right. athlete.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It's tough, you know, because it's a totally different environment that they'll be thrown into. So we'll see. But, you know, it. As Colts fans, we finally have something to be optimistic about. You know, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we ever lost our optimism, but we got disappointed. <laughs> right. So I think again we're optimistic that hopefully there won't be a disappointment coming along. But yeah. we'll have to give it time, of course. But and we've been spoiled.
0: spoiled. I mean, when the Colts oh, first moved here, we certainly had some down years. Oh yeah. Um. Then we did, we got lucky and got Peyton, and then had Andrew right behind. That's we were spoiled, and and you kind of had right. that expectation. And
1: I know was, our, we set our standards high. Right. So we will we'll see. get there. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Industrious Podcast. Thank you for joining us from wherever you get your podcasts, or for those of you guys watching on the, yeah, on the Assessa YouTube channel, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't hit that subscription button, please do so. Also hit that little bell notification icon so you can be alerted when new episodes like this one drop. Thank you. All See right, you. guys, special guest today, Miss Elaine Beadle. Elaine, welcome to The Industrious Podcast.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here. This will be fun.
0: Well, why don't you give our guests a quick little um, Cliff Notes bio on yourself?
1: Okay. Um, uh, Well, I have a wealth management firm, Beetle Financial Consulting, that uh, I started a long time ago. We're in, gosh, we're 30-some years old. Okay. Uh, It's been uh, a great firm. It was the perfect kind of profession for me to get into. It fit me well with uh, uh, my uh, background, my math logic background. When you put a plan together, you've got to understand all the pieces and try and make a... Make a um, picture out of the puzzle pieces. And, and, uh, uh, and it's also very people oriented. So I really enjoyed it, loved it. Uh, I had an opportunity, though, in uh, 2016 when the then elect governor, Eric Holcomb, called and asked if I would be willing to kind of do something for the state of Indiana. And uh, he said, Don't tell me, don't answer me now, think about it. But at that, that point, he asked if I would serve as president of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. Um, I eventually took that role after a lot of thought uh, and um, started in when he became governor in early 2017, obviously, and uh, served in that role until November of 2019, and that was right after the legislature had passed uh, a bill to create the Indiana Destination Development Corporation. It was a new quasi-government entity that was to replace the Indiana Office of Tourism Development. Okay. But with a much broader mission, uh, still important to bring visitors here, so that the tourism side of it is still important. We got to attract people to come to come to the state of Indiana, spend their dollars, and enjoy all that we have to offer. But the mission got broadened to say, tell that same quality of life, quality of place story to help businesses attract talent. Right. So many corporations would tell me, or the um, HR people within the corporation would say, we'd get a great candidate on the phone. They love the job, but they say, why would I come to Indiana? Mm -hmm. And it's just because they know nothing. So we want to give them tools to help answer that question. And the other big um, area that we want to address is all the graduates that we have from our great colleges and universities. They come from everywhere, not only the state of Indiana, but everywhere else. We want to keep those students here. And so- Get them off campus, get them some experience, get them the internship, get them connected into communities so that it's easy to say, I'm going to stay here. And if they don't take their first job here, they'll be more open to taking their second job because all of the research that we've done, it's clear that most people have no idea what Indiana has to offer and all the wonderful attributes we have.
0: Right. Does the IEDC and the IDDC work kind of in tandem often? Because I could see like, this may be a bad example, but when Exact Target sold to Salesforce, I think Salesforce realized that the cost, not the cost of living, but the cost of doing business here is so much less than, let's say, San Francisco. Right. They're like, well, let's maintain this office and let's grow the office here. But then in order to attract that talent, to your point, how do we make sure Johnny and Janie Doe are excited about coming to Indiana?
1: Right. And there was a lot of effort when Salesforce put their second headquarters here to get people and to tell them, what they could expect when they come here, because again, they knew nothing. Yeah, It's a good question. The IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, is very focused on getting jobs mm-hmm. and bringing businesses here and helping businesses that are already here expand. Um, and so we have gotten so many accolades for being a great place to do business, you know, a, a low tax, um, tax environment, a great quality of living, that type of thing. So businesses know us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're written up in CEO Magazine and everywhere else. So they, okay. they know that Indiana is a great place to do business. And so I felt like when I was there that we got on everybody's shortlist to consider you know, what state they want to go to. Um, so that's all the business side. The problem is the people who know that about Indiana are just the executives, the CEOs, the entrepreneurs out there looking to establish a business somewhere. So it's probably you know a pretty small percentage, sure. maybe 2%. The rest of the population, and we found this through our focus groups that we did, know nothing about Indiana because they're just consumers, they're just workers, they're just they're just people wanting to find a place that they enjoy living and they can raise their family. Right. And uh, so we um, uh, that's what the role of the Indiana Destination Development Corporation is is to really get that human capital to understand what Indiana has to offer and and do the same thing as the business owners do. Oh, that'd be a great place to be. And so that's what we're working toward by kind of telling our story and. Um, we're making some progress,
2: so Good. so be a fly to as opposed to a flyover yeah, exactly right.
1: exactly and and you know, if that's the problem we have the perception of Indiana out there is it's corn, it's farmland, it's they think we're flat. well, you know, we've got a lot of hills in just Southern Indiana. The state. just the <laughs> yeah, upper
2: exactly. half where that one yeah. university is that you know
1: we're a very diverse state, you're right. Um, but the, you know again, the perception there's nothing going on, you know, and again, we have people on video, in focus groups, who are saying that to us.
0: Have they been here at the end of May?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the problem is they haven't been here at all, many of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. If we get people here, it's amazing. Changes their total perception of what Indiana is. And uh, we did a series, um, We, the Indiana Destination Development Corporation, did a series called Hoosiers by Choice. Uh And it's all about people who came here from somewhere else and now why they love it. And you know, to a born and raised Hoosier, it's pretty heartwarming to understand why those people love being in Indiana. And you know, it comes down to um, the people. I love the people; they're all so nice. I can buy a house here. (laughs) I have a yard. My kids are engaged in sports. We have great schools. I mean, they go on and on about the benefits of being in Indiana versus where they came from. And um, you know, they're the most devout Hoosiers you'll find out. I mean, fine, they just really love it here, and. They're evangelists. They end up telling their friends, and sometimes their friends follow them here as well. Uh, so we've, but again, it's get people here to have that experience, changes their perception. And um, that's what makes people come here to want to find a job here, to work here, to start yeah. a business here, et cetera. So it's that human capital that we're really working on, where the business side is what the IEDC is really focused on. But again, there's a lot of crossover. Sure. Businesses aren't going to want to come if their talent won't follow them. Right. Or they can't attract talent, so um, so there's there's a collaboration there that we continue to work with yeah. so i would, I would think
2: in, in today's labor market being as challenging as it is and has been for the last right. couple of years, you know post COVID especially, that that message and, and the strategy behind it has is, is become even more critical. What are you seeing in the labor market, not just you know rearview mirror of the last 18 months, but where, what it looks like in the next 18 months and beyond? are you seeing any? relief, um, you know, not only just in the state of Indiana, but really even maybe regionally?
1: Yeah, we watch kind of our population numbers. And um, so I'm going to get around to answering your question. Right now, births and deaths are pretty flat. You know, we we aren't growing
2: mm-hmm. by
1: our own organic population growing. Uh, we're getting people coming from other places. Now, we're not getting as many people as the average of the United States. I mean, but we're getting people who want to leave Illinois. Right. We're getting people who may want to leave Michigan for various reasons. So They're coming into Indiana. We've got to get in that more proactive side of things of attracting talent and talent wanting to come here. But we haven't had the ability to reach out in many cases because we haven't had the funding uh, to be able to reach out to uh, tell those those tech workers in California that you don't need to live in California. You can come to Indiana. We have jobs for you, and we have a great quality of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can work remotely. You know, (laughs) with the remote work workforce, you can live here and work remotely too. So. I think that we have, we have some challenges in front of us to be able to get the talent that we need. And we have got to tell our story, and that will make the difference. It will change things hugely if we can start telling Indiana's story outside our borders.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you just mentioned funding, and then you described the IDDC as quasi-government. Is it, fun, is it funded by the government? Is it a public-private partnership? Where, what drives the in. IDDC sort of, you know, right. inside the ledger?
1: Uh, a quasi-government entity is um, is still a state agency, but it's it has a little bit, um, uh, I don't, more flexibility, I would say, to work with the private sector. Okay, so the difference is if you're a pure state agency, you're really funded by either the state government or federal funding that may come through. As a quasi-government entity, we can have a, a foundation, mm-hmm. and so we can actually get contributions from corporations or individuals or agents or foundations, whoever. Can put funding into that, and and we see that funding as as kind of those pilot programs. Okay, let's try this. Is this going to work? Yeah. Uh, but we also get funded by the state of Indiana, and you may have read heard well, that we just, night, just got the last yeah. night they just approved the budget, and um, we got a nice bump. We were um, at four point seven million. This because we inherited the IOTD's budget, so the Indiana okay. Office of okay. Tourism Development because we replaced them. Right. So I inherited a few staff members as well as um, um, their budget. Their budget had never been really increased. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, their mission was different, obviously. It was just kind of to get people to come here, but re, they were underfunded as as well at that point in time. Um, and so we were able to um, tell our story. Uh, and let me go back and tell how we got here. We were able to do a... Um, Spring summer campaign in 2022 with some federal dollars that we got, and so Chicago, St. Louis, and Louisville, 1.9 million. That's all we could. That's all we could do. Okay. Um, so we we did um, uh, video, t- so TV billboards, you know, radio, and a lot of digital in those areas. Then we had Longwoods International, which is the company that does analysis of these kinds of of uh, campaigns and return on investment. They do it for a lot of other states, countries events, whatever. And so they did the analysis that said to us that we received six new tax dollars for every dollar we spent in promoting. So that 1.9 million actually returned us about uh, 11.2 million in new tax dollars. So a six to one return. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking from the investment (laughs) world, I take take it every day. In fact, I would say to people, if you think that's too much, cut it in half. (laughs) I'll still take $3 for every dollar I spend. Um, so that was great news because what they do is is in those markets, they survey people and they say, okay, did you come to Indiana during this time period? No? Okay, you're over here. Okay, you came to Indiana. Did you see the promotional material from the state? And they even show them some things. No? Okay, you're over here. So now we've got a group who came to Indiana and who saw a promotion material. Well, now, you you know, some people would have come anyway, right? So they use a formula of some sort and reduce that even further. So they feel like they've really got a good grip on the percentage of the population that may have. Come here after seeing, being motivated by our promotion. So that netted out 864,000 visitor trips to Indiana from that campaign. Now you say, okay, that's a little ridiculous. Not when you think about it. US travel says that we have 100 million trips made into Indiana every year. So this was less than 1%, right? Okay. So it gets a little more reasonable. And then they take those visits and they apply what generally is being spent. And they came up with $102 million was spent at our businesses, again, because people came to Indiana because they saw our, our promotion. And that netted out $11.2 million in tax. So that's where you get with division, the one to six. That's important. That's really important. And that was a good story to be able to tell our legislators. Um, the other side of that, which is even just as important, these people, when they ask these, all these questions of it, they're talking about perception of Indiana as well. And so they asked the question, um, is it a good place to live? Would you retire here? Uh, is it a good place to go to school, et cetera? And so, again, the, the difference being those who were but they called aware, they came to Indiana and they saw our, our um, promotion versus those who didn't come to Indiana, didn't see our promotion. So two opposite ends, right? And they on, they asked the questions and they said do, they only showed those that strongly agree. Didn't even include the agree. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm right. a tough one on strongly agree. Yeah. I, I agree more than I strongly agree. But so they used only strongly agree. And the results were amazing. So this is what people has a perception of Indiana. The unaware group, if is this a good place to to, um, to live, was was like um, 20% maybe. The other side almost double, like 38% said strongly agreed Indiana would be a good place to live. So just getting him here change their perception. Yeah. Good place to start a career or a good place to start a business went from like 18 to 36. So again, it it shows that all we have to do is expose Indiana to these people. So we've got to do more of that because that perception is the bigger issue as well. I mean again, dollars coming in are important, but to get to change the minds of people of what Indiana is and what we have to offer is really the important mission here. So we were telling that story to the legislators and uh we ended up with twenty million dollars. Um To start working within. It's a very nice bump. I wanted 40, but I'm going to be very happy (laughs) with 20. Yes, Uh, because um, the states around us are kind of eating our lunch. I mean, Ohio's at 35 million, Kentucky's at 45 million, Michigan's at 40 and has been for a while. And I think uh, Illinois is like 104 million. So, yeah, they're all spending money because they know what they're doing. Um, You know, and you want to say to people who are in elected positions, remember when you were running for office? (laughs) <laughs> name recognition was what it was all about, right? Sure, and that's what we had to do for Indiana too. We just have to get the name recognition out there, yeah. and uh, um, so we'll 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 do well with the twenty million. We'll we'll measure our results, and hopefully we'll be back in a couple of years to to get even more that will help us again go further. Right. You know, because you're limited, you've got to, You know, you can do so many markets. The more dollars you have, the more markets you have, and that's what I kept telling him too. If you give me a forty million dollar budget, I'm not going to quadruple the staff. 30 million of it would just buy media. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's all you do. You buy more media with those dollars because that's where, the, that's where you get the benefit. Yeah.
0: So you kind of answer this question, but um, I'm going to ask it anyway. How is Indiana doing?
1: Well, um, we're going to do better. Let me put it that way because there's another, um, another research group that asks individuals annually. They say, okay, if you're thinking of a leisure trip, what's U.S. states come to mind? Well, I'll tell you where those around us fall. Michigan falls at 19. Okay. Now, Michigan has been building on their Pure Michigan brand sure. since 2005. So they've okay. got a lot of name recognition. Yeah. And, you know, that sets a certain thought in your mind when you hear Pure Michigan, right? right? Um, so Michigan was 19. Okay. Uh, Illinois, 24. Ohio, 30. Kentucky, 33. Indiana, 45. And it's, again, they don't know us. That's, is that's this a,
0: asking a pool of people from all over the country? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All over the country. Yeah. Right. Not not just locally, all over the country. And so, uh, and of course the states that are the top are California, Florida, Colorado, you know, the, those those states. And sure. because people know them and they think about them, and think, oh, that'd be a fun place to go. Doesn't mean they went there. Doesn't mean they've ever been there. But in their minds, that's where they would name as a place they might consider going. Right. So, so we've got a lot of work to do. And the unfortunate part, if, if you look at, 46, it was West Virginia. We know that West Virginia next year is going to spend $67 million on promoting the state. They're going to leapfrog us, wow. you know. But hopefully we can start moving up that that ladder a little bit because we all know we've got a lot to offer and we all know that once people get here, they love it. Um, so again, we're, we're going to work hard to get that story out.
2: Well, you, you've talked about attracting talent to the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, We opened with talking about those that are going to university here in Indiana Mm -hmm. and getting, especially if they come to IU, Purdue, Notre Dame, Butler, the list goes on. Um, If they come in from out of state, how do we we get them engaged in the community that they live in or within the state to help try and retain them? And then you hear the buzzword brain drain, where Mm -hmm. we have people from Mm -hmm. whether it be residents of Indiana or Mm -hmm. outside that go to the school here, Mm -hmm. get their undergraduate or graduate degree, Mm -hmm. and then boom, they're off somewhere else. For their first job and beyond, right? How does that? What what kind of engagement with the universities does IDDc have to try to sort of tailor that message to them before they're out and about?
1: Right, that's a big question. So let me let me start and kind of build up to it all. Um, Indiana always ends up in the top five states for recruiting net inbound students. So we're top five. I mean, that means that. Students are coming from all over because they want to go to our great colleges and universities. I mean, Purdue, IU, Notre Dame, rose and Hanover, you know, Franklin, Huntington, you know, all these different places that we've got some great, great colleges and, and uh, universities. And so um, we get them here. Uh, we train them. And then they leave. You're right. We are, uh, I think when we look at 14th in creating graduates, we're 40th in retaining them. Okay. Again, because they find jobs elsewhere. We have jobs for them here, mm-hmm. but we've got to tell that story to them as well. So we are working, again, with the IEDC to get companies to do internships because we know that in, if someone has an internship, they're more likely to stay because the numbers are something like 80% of interns get job offers from their employer, 70% accept it. Mm-hmm. So do the math. That's 56% of all interns stay where they are. Right. So- we can, you know, if we can make sure we can connect them to internships, and that's where the IEDC is trying to work with companies to make sure they do that, and we're trying to make sure the students know that they're available. So, there's a couple things we want to do. The internships is one. The other is get them off of campus to enjoy and understand what we've got to offer. So, we are working with colleges and universities on several pilot programs. Um, One is we've created what we call College Life Experience Passport. It's, It's a you know, digital passport that you you sign up for for free. It has like 200 different locations around the state. It's gamified, so if you go and check in via your GPS um, on your phone at different places, we know you're there. So we you start collecting points, and at so many points, we send you prizes. We send you gifts. So we need to get that in the hands of students because and give them a reason to get off mm-hmm. campus and help them understand. We've got caves in northern or southern Indiana. We've got A beach in northern Indiana. We've got all these great things in between that people need to see. So that's one thing. The other thing that we're doing, we're working with the pilot program actually in Fort Wayne, uh, with the city of Fort Wayne, the chamber, and um, leadership Fort Wayne, to create a program for all of the interns that work for different companies within their area. Bring those interns together once a week. So now they're creating a little bit of their social group at a fun spot. Maybe it's a brewery. Maybe it's a... They go to a, you know, a, an activity somewhere, but get them together every week. And then they can tell them a little bit about the community and you know, have a little bit of programming. But it starts building not only that social network, but it gives them some knowledge of what that community is like. And so many students and graduates now want to be in a community where they can get engaged and they feel like they can make a difference. And so if they learn about that and they understand what, what's going on in Fort Wayne, what the opportunities are, where Fort Wayne's going, what their plans are, um, we're hoping that that increases the number of students who say, "I'm going to stay here with this employer, or maybe with a different one." But we think that that will will help as well. And if that pilot works well, there, you know, we'll start moving it around and and trying it other places as well. But we want we're engaging with all of the colleges and universities to do just that. Um, so we're excited about that opportunity.
2: So attracting talent is a challenge. Retaining talent and and fighting the the, the brain drain right. is a is a challenge one more challenge I want to ask about, um, with talking politics without getting political, uh, so only partially taboo, (laughs) how does the IDDC IDDC work, um, within, around, uh, policy that may seem unfriendly or unwelcoming Mm -hmm. because, yeah, this is nothing new. It's been politics and the uh, politicization of, especially social issues, has been going on right. for 250 years. Right. It just seems to be more amplified these days because right. of all the ways of getting messages out there. Right. Um, how do, how, what kind of challenges does that present to you when social issues, when, regardless of where you f- fit right. on those or, or right. where you, um, you know, what your position is on those, how do you work within your position and the IDC in general to deal with that?
1: Right. Well, I think I think you're right. The social issues are are highly charged right now, and it does hurt us with those individuals who disagree with what Indiana has put in place. Um, and it's 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 hard to move around that. However, I will tell you that many people that are here and who we've got on our Hoosier by choice, they feel like we have diversification here. They feel like they have the ability to be comfortable here with whatever their um, sexual identity might be, or or what their preferences might be. So, I mean, it's you know we're not the only state that's that's working with these these issues, um, but you know it's it's not helpful. It's not helpful to that to that segment of the population who disagrees. You know, and obviously there's probably some seg- segment of the population that agrees, but I you know it's it's hard to say. But of course, it's going to impact us.
0: So, what are the hot topics right now?
1: From the IDDC's perspective? Correct, yeah. Um, our hot topic is, is now, that, now that the budget just got behind us, right. is to really get the plan in place. Again, because, you know, with, with a $20 million budget, we'll probably be in the 15 to $16 million that we'll, we'll want to put out in, in, in okay. media, in messaging, right. and getting that out. So we've been, um, uh, we'll be working hard on that plan. You know, if we can do some targeted national uh, um, uh, promotion, we probably, my first preference would be go to those states where people are already leaving. Mm. So we can go to California and, and some other places and, you know, we need right. tech workers. So why aren't we in the Bay Area really talking about Indiana sure. to tell them, come live here. You'll you'll enjoy life here, but you're going to find your job here as well. You can um, actually buy a house. You can actually <laughs> buy a house. Yes. You're getting priced out, I'm sure, out there. And the second area we might go to is those those states where there's direct flights to Indiana. You know, and I think perhaps we can even do some partnerships with the airlines themselves. You know, they want to get people on those planes as well. So if we can tell the story of what you can do when you get here yeah. um, to to do that. And the third would be, uh, which was kind of an approach that, that Michigan took when they started Pure Michigan. You know, part of their logic was to kind of take the eyeballs off of what was happening in Detroit at the time and really talk about getting visitors and tourism going. So they went to the states where it was unpleasantly hot in the summer, you know. Texas and Florida and some right. other places, and said, "Hey, come to Michigan, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. Well,
2: <laughs> I'm not a July, August guy.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Um, but um, uh, you know, so come to Michigan, where it's going to be cooler than what you're there. And so that's how you know they got a lot of tourism from that that sector. So that's another place that Indiana could go. You know, right? Work similar in in environment to to Michigan from that perspective. Um, so that would be some of the things that we might be doing." Uh, one thing that we've got going right now and we're continuing to push is our new messaging. It's uh, in Indiana, I-N. Not many states have an abbreviation that is a word. So we can start using that in Indiana, and it's in with an arrow, Indiana. And what we're telling everybody that we want them to use, that this is open source marketing. We need everybody to be using in Indiana as the identifier to say we're located here and we're doing things here. I don't care if you're a college or university, a business, the municipality, uh, associations, just put it on the bottom of your website, but create your own headline with it that complements what you're doing. Because we rolled this out June 8th of 2022, so not even a year ago, and, and said to people, help us tell Indiana's story. Let's create a really big megaphone. And, um, and so we've got people to create their own headline, like what we use um, when we're promoting the state parks, more to discover you know, find your adventure in Indiana, you know, colleges have used and used it, you know, find, um, find your advantage in Indiana. I mean, there's all way, ways to use it. And we don't care what that headline is, make it work for you. And it might just be a festival, you know, come to the XYZ right, yeah. festival in Indiana, uh, put it on your website. We'd love you all to do that as well. So, you know, again, it's been less than a year. We have, um, over 600, what we call kind of more permanent, uh, uses of it. Um, the, um, uh, uh, on websites and e-newsletters and things like that. We've got a thousand more probably uses in social media, but, you know, that kind of comes and goes. But we're really encouraging people to do that so that we can build a brand for Indiana similar to what uh, Michigan has done with their Pure Michigan. Uh, Pure Michigan has gotten businesses to use it on their labels and that type of thing, and that's what we need to do. So we try to make it as flexible as possible, as universally applied as it could be, mm-hmm. just... Indiana. In Indiana. And then we'll start, you know, kind of breaking that up and, you know, innovation in Indiana. Inspire in Indiana. And that that right. IN goes a long way in some creative marketing that right. you can do. So we're gonna start pushing more of that out as well. I mean, again, not many states have a their two letter abbreviation that's that uh is a real word. Um, you know, Oklahoma, okay. You know, Wyoming, why? You know, so it's like <laughs> We can work within. <laughs> right. you know, so I think it's it's good. So it'll be fun. Yeah. But we're really pushing that and we'll continue to work with that because again, um, when that happens and and they um and we see businesses pushing it out and we're gonna see it on the truck on some semi trucks going down the highway. It's right. a billboard, you know, in that case yeah. and it's it's marketing and and um you know, it's marketing that we're not necessarily paying for, it, but it's that the community is saying, We can do this, we wanna help and we want more more attention to Indiana. We want more people to know the quality of life in Indiana. We want people to know that we're in Indiana. I mean, you know, you've heard the governor even say from the podium that some people don't know that Notre Dame's located here or right. that Purdue is located here. Now, Indiana University, I'd have some problem <laughs> if people don't recognize the fact that it's located here, but it's so true. Um and so, you know, we're hopefully that this this new messaging and this campaign will will work to solve that problem.
0: Yeah. Well we're happy to add it to our website. We have three of our eight locations are in the state here. So That'd be great. We have a here. We'd love it's it. really tied to the, to the state here and being based here.
1: And we've got a toolkit that people can use. Go to visitindiana.com. And you can go down to the free toolkits that have all the artwork done. And there's even a quick start where you just kind of type in what you want the headline to be. It okay. pops in over in Indiana, download it, and you're ready to go. But uh, your marketing group can do a lot more with some of the other things that we've got there as well. Yeah. We'd love it. That'd be great.
0: And for those of you watching or listening, if you haven't been to Indiana, at the end of this month when this episode comes out, it'll be May. <clears throat> come to the Annapolis 500. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Whether you're really into racing or not, just taking the whole day in and all the, th- the events around it, Um, I think you'll be fairly sold.
1: It's the biggest spectacle in racing and- what? And people watching. Yeah. It's <laughs> it. the biggest. People watching, oh, people watching is, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's a great event. And that's the one event that we're known for internationally, obviously, for sure. because of the drivers. And so- you know, when you break down all of our attractions, we've got some international attractions. It's probably about the only one. And then you've got national attractions, regional attractions, mm-hmm. and then local. And so, you know, part of what we want to do as well is take maybe some of those regional and move them up to national by yeah. enhancing whatever they're already offering. And that's why with a larger budget, we can help kind of do some more of those kinds of things as well.
0: Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to share about the IDDC that we haven't already covered?
1: I could go on for a long time. <laughs> um I think it, I, I think the most important part, the IDDc can make a difference for Indiana. If we wouldn't have gotten the budget that we've got, we would be sitting here in ten years with everyone saying, "Indiana, what? Who? What? What is that? Isn't that just one of those middle states? Isn't that, isn't that one of those I states? Mm-hmm. Like like Iowa, you know, Illinois? It's just Indiana. We can make a difference if we just tell our story. And I think that it's a pivotal time for Indiana. And I think that um, I'm excited about the prospects of really trying to move that needle to increase, to yeah. raise us in that that list of what states would do. You think about uh, so our perception is so important, and I think it's an opportunity to do that. So I'm I'm pleased to be part of it. Great.
0: Well, we know storytelling is very important, and we think Indiana certainly has multiple stories to tell. Absolutely. So we're we're happy that you're leading the charge on that. Well, and uh, good luck. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you're
1: welcome. It. It's been fun.
0: Awesome. I thank all you guys for tuning in to this episode of The Industrious Podcast. So for wherever you're getting your podcasts or if you're tuning in on the Assessa YouTube channel, thank you for doing so. And don't forget, guys, be industrious.